I'm Eva Cheng, and this is SEO in 2023. Eva, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? Never to underestimate the power of reactive PR. Okay, reactive PR. Let's define what that is to begin with then. What is reactive PR? So it can be from anything like expert comments or journal requests, creating proactive campaigns which are related to awareness days, relaunching past campaigns which is relevant to what's going on in the news at the moment. It's all just keeping an eye on what's happening now rather than it's necessarily planning for like evergreen campaigns which tend to last over like six to 12 months in terms of production and outreach. Okay, understood. Okay, so you need to be relevant and up to date and um, have that particular topic in mind. Is there any particular channel that that you have in mind when you're using reactive PR? Purely through publications. It's all just down to obviously building links because that's my area of expertise and um, just really tailoring campaigns to target those niche publications, which are probably harder to get gain links in when you create like larger campaigns. So if you were to create a small proactive campaign for an automotive client, um, it's most likely and hopefully because it's very relevant and timely that it might get covered within those kind of publications. So I guess drilling down into you know precisely what reactive PR is. Are, are, you, are you talking about seeing what stories are currently out there that are relevant to your client's niche and then adding to that by maybe providing a slightly different angle or a different interview with someone, something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's essentially, it is that. That's one tactic of doing um, reactive PR. But I mentioned proactive PR earlier, and it's very much knowing what is actually coming ahead because like seasons you always know that summer and winter are coming, so you can always prepare in advance what kind of things to expect from that. Again, going back to automotive, if you know that the winter is coming and the roads will get wetter, icier, it's like more like dangerous to drive. So you could essentially create some campaigns which are around those aspects of like safety tips of driving in the winter or anything related to that. And you said never underestimate the power of reactive PR. So are you talking about the power to build links? Yeah. So I've noticed lately that when I've been launching my reactive PR and proactive campaigns, that I've been gaining more relevant links within publications. So, for example, um, a mattress client, it will be easier to gain a link within a ideal home or somewhere like that when they are looking for someone within that area of expertise to offer advice for their like article. So how do you go about tracking which stories um, are current and which stories to write about? So it's a lot of it's just keeping an eye on the news. You can kind of sort of create like a digital PR plan in that sense of knowing what awareness days are coming up, knowing what people are interested in, looking at Google Trends. Another good thing is answer the public. On there, it does have, like, if you enter, like, a certain topic on there, and um, again, I'll go back to automotive since I've already covered that a few times. If you answer, if you put in, like, electric vehicles on there, it'll give you, like, the most asked-for questions which people type in on Google. So, like, how is the EV, like, helping the environment? How much, how do I, like, know when I need to charge my EV? And those kind of questions, you know that people are searching for it. So it gives you a good idea of what we're, 
will come eventually. And is the aim to rank in Google News? Not necessarily. It's in order to build your backlink profile, just so you've got more relevant links again to your like client. So for example, I, for an automotive client, I would never try and target like a beauty publication because it doesn't, it's not relevant for them. And if they were gaining those links, those kind of spammy links and all of those kind of things, it will impact their backlink profile. And essentially Google will see that as like a negative and your rankings will be impacted essentially from that because they have said that they do look at the backlink profile of websites to uh, value the trust authoritiveness of the site. So do you uh, kind of reach out to people to actually with a view to actually linking to your content? Do you ideally want to build organic links to it as well? Yeah, so majority of the links that are built are purely organic with the aim again, because it's organic links and it's not like repetitive content. It's more unique in a sense. Again, it builds that trustworthiness with Google and it's like a trust signal towards them that you're not just posting everything all over like forums and that kind of stuff because that's like essentially spammy. And with it as well, the like the niche publications, Mm -hmm. they are harder to get into, like I've said. Um, Well, I've personally found it harder to get like links in within Top Gear or somewhere like that. And with the campaigns that you were creating, because it's more reactive and more relevant, it gives the journalists more reason to cover it because it's what other people are looking for. What type of content do journalists like at the moment? I would say it's a bit, it's a mixture. It is a big mixture. At the moment, we've got like all the big hero development campaigns that are out, which are landing the links within relevant publications. And then also the reactive stuff. So I don't know, like a sleep campaign around how to stop snoring or something like that. If it's like National Snoring Day, it might, it might get coverage. It's just, it's very hit and miss and deciding on what exactly is the main gain of getting links. Yeah, I, I guess you've got a big calendar through uh, with every single national day on it, <laughs> national yeah. sleep day, national the, 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 every single day probably is a national day for something. I guess we've got that off for every sector. <laughs> is is there some kind of online resource that people can use to find national days? So I normally just type in national days of the year, and then I think that is a website that we can use. But I do know that Connected Three, the agency, have also created their own little content calendar, which I have a little snoop on now and then. So that's a good resource to look at. Alternatively, don't just look at the national days, look at charity awareness days as well, because if it's like a mental health charity awareness day, it's potentially a collaboration your brand could do work with that sort of charity in ordering like offering, sorry, offering expert advice in that sense. That's great advice there. You know, it's, it really pays to have a good look through the calendar and maybe list the top 12 national days that are most relevant to a particular brand, I guess, and then Mm -hmm. tie up the proactive slash reactive PR in relation to those days. Mm -hmm. So like the, even with like evergreen campaigns, you could still do the same, but the reason why I'm focusing more on reactive PR at the moment is because it's, we're putting a lot of time and effort within these campaigns. So from production to researching to the design work that the design team do, and it looks all brilliant on the site, 
but sometimes it's a quick win essentially by doing reactive PR. Essentially, if you have like a blog content on your website already, and there are things that come up, which is relevant in the news, like, for example, my colleague Becky, she did something on the Tinder swindler. So when that was like really big on Netflix, she looked at her client and their client blog had something about how to avoid like online scams and stuff like that. So she relaunched that campaign and sent it to like journalists who were covering information about the Tinder swindler and then also finance journalists and just used the Tinder swindler angle as like a hook for the journalists. So it's yeah. just like, here's how to avoid being scammed from the internet and those kind of things. So it was really, it's good. Like it's just, you have to be very aware of what's going on. There's another one, Netflix, you know, see what um, new series are coming up and uh, what you can tie together with that. Yeah, brilliant. And what about journalists? How, how do you actually find journalists and how do you build relationships with journalists? So to find journalists, I tend to just do news jumping. So that's essentially looking at going on Google News and searching for electric vehicles. If I've got like a campaign around electric vehicles and then finding the journalists that already have covered that topic already i wouldn't target journalists who for example would just cover like the stock market on evs because it would probably be irrelevant it really depends on the campaign that you're working on and from there i get their name start doing a little deep dive onto the internet if then if the information isn't on like roxale or Wellio, and then hopefully sometimes do a little guess of what the email address is and hope that's the right one so, sorry, that was two sites that you mentioned there, wasn't it? Are those resources for journalists? Yeah, um, they're media database sites. And, and so, um, what are they, the websites again? Uh, Rock Hill and Vuelio. Okay, okay, great. I hope I'm and, that one right. <laughs> <laughs> and what about reaching out to them then? What message, initial message, resonates with journalists or is more likely to get a reply? Well, I don't, it's like a very difficult thing because journalists don't really have much time at the moment to really have the strong connection with PRs, especially in digital. Within like product PR and like physical PR, it's a lot easier for them in a sense because um, they want to converse about things and product reviews and like arrange and like giveaways. But with digital PR, it's very different because we sometimes don't have the resources to be able to do the whole product PR, sending gifts to journalists. So normally I put my uh, headline as like the main hook of my campaign for like the subject line of an email. What's an example of a headline that works? It's very different. I think it really depends on what time you're sending it and who you're sending emails to because there's been a lot of like journalists on strike at the moment and then also like the times that you send it. If it's during the summer holidays, they're going to be on annual leave. So it does differ, but I do find that adding revealed and experts say at the end of like a title. So like going back to here are like the safest, safest EVs, experts say, I'll put that at the end. There was like, I think a few years ago, a talk about how adding like revealed or data reveals or experts say at the start of your email headline would actually increase your open rates. But because so many of us have taken that tip, and are using that, a journalist inbox, they probably get like thousands of emails a day from those PRs. And if they constantly see data reveals, experts say, 
over and over again it becomes repetitive for them and so it really does stand out if you were to change your headlines and mix up the wording of it great great and how do you actually measure the value of reactive pr is it, is it all about links and tying that back to traffic and um roi from there or are there other metrics that you pay attention to so overall we do look at like the links that we build for like brand new clients it would be to either start building a link profile if they haven't got one or it requires a diverse set of links so they might already have like the syndicated links across regional publications which is great for their backlink profile but then we need to analyze what the their competitors are up to so if for example an automotive client got a link within motor one but then your client hasn't got the link in Motor One. It's essentially kind of like you should target those backlink gaps in order to compete with your competitors. And once achieved that, essentially, hopefully, it will raise your SERPs <laughs> and you'll get higher up there. Do journalists kind of automatically link to you if they know that you're the resource, or do you have to really make sure that you ask for the link as well? A thing that I always do whenever I launch a campaign is add at the end, if you want to use this research or data or infographic, please credit. And then the link to the relevant blog post, or alternatively, if it's like a expert comment and I'm jumping on it on like EVs, I would ask the journalists if they could link to a relevant category page within my like automotive clients site. So it could be like a landing page on EVs or hybrid cars, because it's because the article is relevant to EVs. It's also considered like a trust signal from Google because all of the content around it is talking about electric vehicles. And if you get a link with for like electric vehicles or hybrid cars, Google sees that as like a trust signal again, like because it's connected with each other and it's very relevant. So what's the future of reactive PR? Is it, is it more about you also using social media platforms, newer social media platforms like TikTok as well, or is it still all about kind of blog posts and more traditional journalists? No, it's both. You can, again, use the traditional blog posts that you have on there. But if you want something as like a quick win, you could just do like the whole looking at social media, analyzing TikToks, like here's the top 10 TikTok hacks, those kind of things. It's good for like internal teams and PR teams to work with social teams because social teams might see something which is going to be big and trending which you might not spot necessarily in your day-to-day and you can monopolize on your existing plans that you have ready in place so if you have content writers who are writing blog posts for a client it would be great for prs like us to be able to see the content plan of what they've got planned coming up like i don't know x saving tips for christmas those kind of things it means that if i know that's coming up i can get that all prepared for outreach so I can get the media list ready, get my journalists ready with like the email templates and all of that. And then once that's ready and it's live, I can just hit that link in there and just send it out to journalists and hope that it gets covered. So you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what (laughs) SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive, something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? Just building links for the sake of building links. I feel like it's a thing that's being talked about a lot and it is something that everyone needs to start focusing on because we used to think that the high volume of links is like a trust signal to Google because all these links mean, yeah, loads of people trust us. But then 
because of when you go into like a deep dive of someone's backlink profile, you might see that they've got spammy links on, I don't know, loads of forums, loads of directory sites, just things which aren't directly related to the business. So relevancy is like the main key with 2023, I'd say, because it does impact your search. So if you're, again, for the automotive client, if I got links within the beauty publication, it's not relevant to them. How is that going to drive sales and like traffic towards the site? If someone's interested in beauty, they wouldn't want to necessarily, this is not just jump into conclusions here. Not, they might not necessarily be interested in cars. It's less likely, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you, you can build a campaign, I guess, with um, bold interests, and that would be a very yeah. niche <laughs> set of people, but uh, <laughs> by, by and large, yeah. Great stuff. Okay, well, Eva Chang is digital PR consultant at Evolved Search, and you can find her over at evolvedsearch.co.uk. Eva, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.